Ranked choice voting works. It costs less than holding runoff elections. And studies show it's popular with voters and reduces negative attacks. That's why cities and states are looking to ranked choice voting to improve their elections. Would ranked choice voting help in your community? Find out more at fairvote.org. Waymo TV is filmed for a live studio audience being held against their will. Waymo, you know, let's get serious. We have Frederick T. Joseph in the studio today. We're talking patriarchy, homophobia, transphobia, all of these important conversations that we should be having. We also might have time for a musical performance from Patch Adams and the Blueberry Band. I'm running out of ideas. Let's head on over to the George Carlin Podcast Studio, meet up with our host, Mr. B.J. Mendelssohn. Uh, so, Frederick, thank you so much for joining me. Um, you have a new book out, and I just saw at the time of this recording, it's a New York Times bestseller, so congratulations. Thank um, you. I'd love to hear a, a bit more about it. Yeah, yeah. So, Patriarchy Blues um, is really the amalgamation of me like looking at the world since I was probably 21 years old and like starting to unpack white supremacy and then in, in trying to unpack and navigate white supremacy and see what kind of role I can have in dismantling it, I realized that one of the manifestations of it that we don't talk about enough is like patriarchy, right? And how patriarchy helps uphold white supremacy and just exists as its own thing, but also like at the center of of my own oppression as a black man, the oppression of black women and black, the oppression of black trans women, so on and so forth. So as I started doing that work and looking at even more of how it manifests in our society through transphobia, homophobia, so on and so forth. You know, then I, I was like, well, if, if no cishet person is going to write about these things and try to help us be better and get better, then I'm going to do that. Right. And so I know the story of the book is that you pitched it um, everywhere. And it was like, the, was it the 21st try where they were finally like, all right, let's do it. It, so it was actually the 23rd try on oh. um, lucky LeBron, I suppose. Um, yes. So yeah, no, nobody, nobody wanted it. Uh, so, well, except I, that's not true. Actually, um, two people wanted it. Obviously my, my editor who ended up uh, acquiring it at Harper Perennial and also Beacon Press. So the only two black editors it went to were the only two people who offered to acquire it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, that's the, the I, there's a lot to say about the publishing industry, but, um, let me focus on like, so the great news is that it's out. It's, it's a bestseller. How's, how's the response been to the book so far? The response has been interesting. I, I think a lot of people love it, um, which has been phenomenal. I think the people who love it have said, you know, it's one of the best books they've read this year, which means a lot to me. Um, the people who I would say that they don't love it, who are like struggling to understand it. I think are people who are well-intentioned, but one of two things, I think they expected it to be like a how-to guide, which it's not, right? It really is reflections. It, you know, there's poetry and essays and letters. It's, it's, it's more of a, a journal than a how-to guide. It's more of like, you know, me saying like, hey, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I've dealt with, right? And so I think that's one issue. I think the other issue is that a lot of people, when they think of patriarchy, they kind of think of it in the from the white feminist mainstream lens, right? Which a lot of black women rail against because it's so limited, right? Like in that, you know, mainstream white feminism is 
you know, men are sexist and misogynist and period. Right. And, and we have, and, and, and that's true and important. And also we have to also talk about transphobia. We have to also talk about rape culture. We have to also talk about homophobia. We have to talk about toxic masculinity and how both men and women uphold toxic masculinity. Right. Um, you know, I, I think even with the conversations recently about bodily autonomy, um, you know, in light of uh, the potential overturning of Roe v. Wade, we've been seeing a ton of transphobia happening from, you know, cis women um, in that they don't want to use terms like birthing people and things of that nature, right? So you have to have these conversations and they're much more nuanced. There's much, they're much, they're far more nuanced than just saying, yeah, men do this and women do nothing. That, that's not how this works. That's not how patriarchy works. Right. Yeah. Um, Americans are great at making bold statements and not so good at conversations. Like mine to yeah. back up those the statements that they like to make. Uh, what what surprised you in putting the book together? <laughs> um, I I think what surprised me the most was how much I learned about myself. You know, uh, I, I think every time I write literally anything, anytime something leaves my mind and I'm putting it on pad, um, I learn something new about myself. I think every time I do an interview, I have a conversation with someone, you know, the different ways that people pose questions, the different ways I answer questions depending upon the day, whether I just came from a jog or whether I just woke up, um, you know, I learned something new about myself. So I think that that surprised me the most was like how much of a mirror it was. I'm curious about the, you do a lot of charity work and I was kind of like, I, I only have so much time. How do I ask about all these different things? But <laughs> the one that, that stood out to me, they're all, Great, but uh, you're doing right now a fundraiser called Say Gay. Yeah. And I, I just, this is a campaign I'm very passionate about and excited about. And so I would just love to hear a bit more about that as well. Yeah, so um, the campaign is the is the Say Gay Fund. So basically it's, it's in opposition to um, Ron DeSantis um, and all of the GOP who have been, you know, proposing and um, and, you know, uh, passing these policies, laws, and whatnot um, that stop, you know, gender affirming learning, that stop, um, you know, identifying um, experiential kind of learnings, uh, that stop, um, quite frankly, that, that that attempts to erase whole communities, you know, the the entire existence of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, and you know, I, I think even though I don't belong to that community. It's up to people who don't belong to certain communities to stand up and say, I'm not only going to hope for the best for you, but I'm going to stand up next to you in the trenches and fight on your behalf, right? Like, I'm not going to take up space from you. I'm going to lock arms with you. So, you know, this campaign has been an attempt to do that. Um, and we actually, we actually closed it recently to make a larger campaign. So that campaign raised about $35,000 for Florida, but we've expanded it to the entire United States now. Tired of being tracked online? DuckDuckGo can help. Tracking is a comprehensive program. Trackers lurk nearly everywhere online from websites, emails, and even apps in your phone. That means you need a multi-pronged solution. DuckDuckGo's all-in-one privacy app can be used as an everyday browser with private search, tracking, blocking, encryption, and now email protection built in. It's the free, easy button for online privacy. Download the app today. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Hey there, boys and girls, it's your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman here, inviting you to invite me into your ear holes five days a week with my podcast, The Ralph Report. Join me, Eddie Pence, Steve Ashton, and the rest of the happy lunatics that make up the Garmy 
for as little as 15 cents a day. And for that, you get five shows a week filled with music and jokes and news and history and just so much good stuff that you're going to be glad you chose the Ralph Report. How do you listen? Well, it's pretty simple. Go to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash The Ralph Report, and sign up today. There's four amazing levels of subscription that you can join, each one with their own special bunch of benefits. So check it out. Listen to me, Ralph Garman, on The Ralph Report. Patreon.com slash The Ralph Report. What's the what would you say the long, the long term goal is for that? I mean, what, what would you love in, in the best in the best world, which I hope someday we all live in? What, how what's the outcome that you'd like to see? You know, it's it's, a, it's kind of a it's, it's a I'm gonna it's a good question. I'm gonna give like kind of a trick answer if you would <laughs> um, that the campaign doesn't have to exist, right? So like I can raise as much money as possible. You know, we raised a ton of money for COVID, raised money for you know representation in film, and all these different things that I've done, especially with the people around me, um, such as uh my fiance but our hope is that one day we don't have to do this work right like i don't want to raise money for a, a a damn campaign because people are trying to erase the existence of of you know children's really like children who um identify as uh lgbtq plus um in some capacity um you know i, I don't want to raise money for that like why why should we have to raise money to like tell people Hey, we are here. We are humans, so on and so forth. That makes no sense to me, right? Yeah, as a bi author, um, it's like it's. I, I welcome every, any anyone and everyone who wants to get involved and participate in a campaign like this. To me, it's it's great. Like, so I just was really excited about this, and and you're right. I, I hope someday we we don't we don't need campaigns like this. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you who. So there's like a there's definitely like a core of activism in your life. So I'm curious like where where that came from, who who might have inspired it in you? You know, um another really good question. Um there's so many answers to that. I, I, I think the first three people that come to mind are uh, my mother and grandmother, um just two two phenomenal black women who didn't have really anything when I was growing up, right? Like you know, we really, really struggled, but like what we did have, I saw them also share with other people who didn't have, right? And and that just seeing that in real time was a lesson for me, um, and I kind of took that to heart, and that's how I've kind of existed ever since. Um, and then, and I would also say, um, maybe four people rather. I'd also say um, uh, Malcolm X and his uh, wife Betty Chavez, right? Um, you know, the two of them, I, I just studied them so, so, so deeply um, when I was growing up and, you know, even as an adult, just two people who gave what they had, right? Like their minds, their bodies, their soul, their time to, to fighting for the liberation of Black people globally. And when you have people that do things like that, right? Um, it, it puts me in a position where I'm like, this, like everything I do is like, well, this is the least I can do, right? That's my whole perspective. Like, you know, like we ha- we're on these social media outlets and we have these hundreds of thousands of followers and we have like access to media, whatever it is. And I'm like, the least I can do is like, let's say you were, you know, raising money for something. I can retweet BJ, right? I can ask people to share. I can give $50 to this. It's the, everything is the least that I can do. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, and that's that's sort of my approach as well. It's like 
if you see someone in need, why not take the time to share it? Like, why, why wouldn't you? Why would you just keep going? Um, right. Has that, has that, so I'm trying to think of like an instance when you were young. Like, do you remember what the first instance was where you were like, that's not right. I'm going to do something about that. Mm. The first instance, I, you know, it's interesting. I think the first instance, honestly, was almost negative because I think there's a savior complex to it. Um, I think my first instance was, you know, in 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 high school, there were students I was friends with who oftentimes, if they were or if they identified in some capacity as queer, um, I was very big on defending them, right? Um, you know, I would step in front of, you know, bullies or this and that third without realizing that, like, at times I didn't even ask necessarily if that's what was being asked of me as a ally or thinking of myself as a co-conspirator, so on and so forth. Um, so I think those were like the first instances of me saying, like, I'm going to do something because I see something. But but I think it's important to note that, like, when you're doing something, you have to actually check with the people who are dealing with the harm what's best for them what do they need to receive not what you think that they need to receive i, I think that's great advice and I, I hope a lot of people take that to heart because that's definitely something that that's often missing um i'm curious what what would you say to your younger self now like so i, I was going through the website and i saw this picture of you and elizabeth Warren, and i'm curious like what that version of frederick would go back and say to young frederick <laughs> um I, I think I spent a long time hoping um, that things would get better, right? And and I and and I think I would say to my younger self, just get out there and do, right? Like just get out there and 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 do, because you know it's like even and and I think that's how a lot of the nation and the world has been gaslit to a certain extent. It's like you know. When I when I look at politics, and I'm like, I, when I was younger, I would hope like, oh, okay, well, they say vote, so vote for this person, and I just hope that they do their job, right? And I learned as the, the older I got is like, you have to take things into your own hands, right? Like even right now, you know, I think about um, the protest at the NRA convention in Houston recently, and they had a they had more people outside the pro outside the, the venue protesting against the NRA than inside to watch um, Donald Trump speak. Right. And those are people who are not hoping. Right. Those are people who are doing those are people who are being active. Those are people who are taking the, the, the world that they want to see into their own hands. And I think when I was younger, I fed into the idea that like, hey, you just have to like check the boxes of voting and check the boxes of, uh, you know, donating to the organization and calling it a day. And um, maybe somewhere around my early 20s, I became a bit more radicalized, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. This is Rosie Tran from Rosie and BJ Save the World, a podcast asking big questions and discussing how to solve these big issues. This is a podcast for people just like you who ask, has the war on drugs been successful? Do we need universal basic income? Should we legalize sex work? Go to rosieandbjsavetheworld.com to get more confused. Do you want to grow your audience without sacrificing your privacy? Then the Stupid Sexy Privacy mini-series is just for you. It's a short, special presentation that will run every Thursday morning right here on Weiwo.tv for the next 23 weeks. 
In each short episode, we'll teach you how to preserve as much of your privacy as possible while still participating in the creator economy. You'll also hear from top privacy and disinformation experts who will teach you how to protect yourself from fascists and weirdos. And who doesn't want that? So make sure you're subscribed to Weiwo.tv where all podcasts can be found and we'll see you every Thursday morning for a special presentation of Stupid Sexy Privacy, a Weiwo.tv miniseries. What would you say to people that want to take action but aren't sure how to do it? Like, what was, what's the advice that you would give them? Where do they get started? You know, a lot of people ask me that. So I, I get brought in to speak to a lot of uh, staffs of different companies and schools about, especially about like anti-racism and things like that, um, how to be better, how to be better men for, you know, women, how to be better white people for non-white people, so on and so forth. And I always say, just do something, right? Like start somewhere. You know, people are always kind of like spinning their wheels. Like, what should I do? What should I do? While you're spinning your wheels, why don't you stop spinning the wheel and just take some action, right? Like th- there's, there's actions all around us, right? Like you could say like, hey, I, I, I did find an organization that's doing work um, and I'm going to donate to that organization. That's my first step. Um, you know, I did read the book, but like me reading, you know, whomever's book or books is not enough. So let me actually like pass those on to other people. Let me, let me buy a few books for my local school because I know that they're banning books. I mean, there's all these different things that we can do, right? Like, oh, I live in New York City and only 20% of people voted in the last mayoral election, right? And now we have a mayor who you can't stand, right? So what are you going to do about it? Because there's maybe a thousand different things I can think of. Just do one of them. Yeah. Uh, I think everyone's feeling that about Eric Adams <laughs> right now. Like they're just, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have, to, so I have to ask you about comics and your, your love for him. Cause I, that, how I initially found you years ago was you had done this, this thing with, uh, with Ms. Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. uh, where you, you took uh, these young girls to go and see the screening. And I'm, I'm curious what, looking back at that now, uh, what'd you take away from that? Is that something that you still, you still want to do? Yeah, so it's funny actually. Um, Captain Marvel was the was the smaller um, the smaller fundraiser. So I think we took maybe five thousand girls around the country to see that for free. But before that, we did the Black Panther challenge, and that was uh, seventy thousand kids around the world. We raised uh, something like two million dollars or something like that. So um, I think with both instances, you know, I can't I can't speak enough for how important those two moments were and are in my life right like I'm a, I'm a big nerd I love comics I like absolutely love comics and I think that comics and this is why I hate when people are like oh another comic movie you know I, I think that the combination of film and comic is like endeavoring into the best parts of like our imaginations right like when you see when you see certain things like like thinking of, of Black Panther, right? Like when you see kids after this film asking, like, "Hey, can you tell me more about Africa?" That is that is what that is for, right? That is that's possibility. Like, yeah, sure, um, you know, Captain Marvel or or Thor: Love and Thunder might not be, uh, you know, um, Oscar bait, um, but they're they're but they're life changing for many people. So you know, those moments are huge and. Um, and yeah, you know, and, and I, and I'm super excited. Like I, I got the opportunity actually to write the picture book for Black Panther 2. 
Um, so that's super cool. I'm looking forward to that coming out the week before the next film. So yeah, I'm just like, this world has meant so much to me, the world of comics and, and specifically Marvel. Yeah. And the spillover is, is something that's amazing to watch. I like the increase in love and attention to Afrofuturism after Black Panther has been phenomenal to see. Uh, and that's, you can directly point to the movie and say, there you go. Like that's, that was the correlation. Do you have, do you have a favorite Marvel character? (laughs) <laughs> I think a lot of people just inherently think that it's uh, Black Panther. Um, but but growing up, my, my favorite Marvel character as... I'm um, sorry, excuse me. Oh, it's okay. My, my favorite Marvel character um, was, ironically, Blue Marvel, right? Like, even though, like, a lot of people don't know about Blue Marvel, I... I I learned about Blue Marvel. I guess that's not growing up. It's, it's like, now, my fav- now he's my favorite character. and has been for some years. But, um, you know, when I learned about Blue Marvel... Uh, and just like the existence kind of of this like first black superhero realistically, like, you know, not necessarily first created by, you know, Stanley and Jack Kirby and them, but like in the lore, like the first person and you're like, Oh, like, I don't know if you know the story of Blue yes, Marvel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's like, him. it's yeah, it's like, so it's like, Oh, this guy existed and then, you know, racism and he went away kind of similar to, um, to uh, Isaiah Bradley to a certain extent. Right. Like, uh, you know, so I just, I, 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 I love that they have written the realities of like black experience in these characters. And I hope that when they bring them back, um, you know, eventually blue Marvel and doing more with Isaiah Bradley, um, that they do it in a way that kind of like, is a testament to both like this, this struggle and resilience. Yes. Uh, I have, I've had this theory for a long time about blue Marvel. I want to see Denzel play him. Mm. Uh, do you, do you think that that's good casting? Like who would you oh, cast I- as blue Marvel? I love so it's interesting because I love that casting, but then you but then you get Blue Marvel for like a short time, probably right. You get like they, you get like this version of like it's kind of like they did with Isaiah Bradley to a certain extent, right? It's like oh, like you're not going to get him, but but he existed, right? I actually have been pushing for I, I don't know why he's not casting anything yet. I've been pushing for uh, Trevante Rhodes. I don't know if you know. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think Trevante Rhodes would make a really, really good Blue Marvel, especially if they're like, you know, he does. If he ages similar to Captain Marvel, where he still looks young, or yeah, and I think that'd be really cool. Nice. Nice. Um, I was going to ask you about the Lakers. We're both Lakers fans. Uh, so let me ask you real quick, and I'll get to my last question. Uh, are you optimistic going into next season? Uh, short answer is n- no, not at all. <laughs> uh, and, and and this, besides the Clippers being like being in the finals, um, this is probably the worst finals outcome that I could have ever imagined. Um, so I'm in a really bad position right now. Yeah, yeah. Same. <laughs> so, but before I get to the last question, where where would you like people to find you? Where where would you like to point them to? Uh, the GoFundMe, the, the books. Like, what's just where can we find you online? Yeah, I guess people should just follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I use Instagram a bit more and have a larger following there, so I'm usually more active there. But everything I do kind of exists in the ethos in my social media. So, um, you know, for people listening, I'm at Fred T. Joseph. Um, and again, Instagram, Twitter. Um, and, you know, at some point I might be dancing on TikTok. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I think we all might. It's a fact you got the trends. Um, so. My last question for you is, what's one thing you've always wanted to be asked in an interview that you just haven't been asked yet? Ooh. I, 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 uh, uh, ooh. I think one thing I've never been asked, and, and a lot of conversations are about race and things like that, whatever, 
But I, I, I don't think anyone's ever leaned into like the what if kind of, you know, playing with Marvel thing. Like what if there was no racism, white supremacy, right? Like what would I have wanted to do instead? What would I have wanted to write? What would I be focused on? Um, what, what would I want to do? So I think no one's ever really asked that. That's an interesting um, thing. And do you have, do you have something that, that like just comes to mind? No. And that's what makes it so interesting. Right? <laughs> I, I think that like even the, the, the ability to imagine outside of these systems, like, you know, I imagine it for my one day children. I don't necessarily, I, I don't, I'll never see it. So I, I think if someone's asked me, I'd come back. So maybe I have to come back and like, let you know now um, at some point, but no one's ever asked that. And it's something that I've been wrestling with for a long time. And that day can't come soon enough. Yeah. You know? Well, that's our show. And uh, our, our apologies to the band. You know, we kind of just ran out of time. That's kind of the uh, that's the nature of things. That's the name of the game. Hey, hey, hey. Vaped Crusaders comes out on the 20th of every month. The 20th. You can't smoke that in here. Oh, wait. What day is it now? Do I look like a fucking calendar to you? Hey, man, I don't need all the attitude and stuff you know i don't i don't need it well i don't need your face your vape or your are those air jordan 3 ogs yeah yes those are 4500 sneakers i know they're pretty sweet yeah they are no wait i don't like you don't make me like you i'm not man i'm just out here i'm just trying to relax dude i'm on to you pal you're trying to do some Jedi mindfuck bullshit, and... <laughs> I don't I don't think that's what it's called. I don't think that's the thing. You want to play mind games with me, motherfucker? All right, let's dance. Make sure to tune in to Vape Crusaders. New episodes are going to drop every month on the 20th, right here on Weibo.tv. Okay, your, your, your middle name is Macho, but uh, I'm wondering if you ever cry. You ever Has a Macho Man ever cried? Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. It's okay for Macho Men to show every emotion available right there, you know, because I've cried a thousand times, I'm going to cry some more, but... I've soared with the eagles, and I've slithered with the snakes, and I've been everywhere in between. And I'm going to tell you something right now. There's one guarantee in life, and that there are no guarantees, yeah. And I understand this. (laughs) Nobody likes a quitter. Nobody said life was easy, so if you get knocked down, take the standing eight count, get back up, and fight again. Did you enjoy today's show? If you did, please take a minute and leave us a review. Yes, we know you're busy and every podcast asks you to do this, 
but there's a good reason they do. Because every time you leave a review, that review helps more people find and listen to the show. And you know what that means for you? More great episodes of Weiwo.tv. So what are you waiting for? Take out your phone and leave us a review right now before you move on to something else and forget about us. And we'll see you next time, right?